<clears throat> Run. Peel. Chat. Repeat. Repeat. Welcome to series two for episode 12. Um, all three of us are back. <laughs> um, against Matt and Neil's wishes, I've uh, forced them onto a call, somehow managed to find some time on a random Wednesday night. We've just been joined by our special guest tonight, Will O'Connor. Right. Okay, so yeah, Bill's got his beer. Okay, Bill, welcome to the podcast. Um, absolutely great to have you on, our first guest. Um, so, as I said to you before, you've you've I see you've bought a beer along. What have you got there? Red stripe, bro. That's worth. That's worth nice. a lot. In one of those little stubby bottles. That's yeah. uh, That's right. brilliant. I love that. Jamaica's finest. Um, do, do you like a lager? Do you like an IPA? We usually rate them out of 10. What would you give a red stripe lager? I don't know. <laughs> Five, I suppose. <laughs> Five. Not as good as London Pride. <laughs> Not as good as London Pride, but it's what you had in the fridge. I've got my hand on you. There's a few more in the fridge. <laughs> Very nice. Um, we, we've got one of these beers each. Oh, yeah, 10,000. Night of the 10,000. And where's Matt? I've left there. Hold on. Oh. You carry on. Carry on. <coughs> All right, let's see who can make the best opening sound of the beer. Um, Neil, do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, this, is, this is tradition, Bill. This is tradition, so. Hmm. Five out of 10, not sure. Can you beat that, <laughs> Sam? I think it's the acoustics on yours is a lot better. Well, I've just mm. um, got it all over my second screen, though, so I'm not sure what I think about that. <laughs> and actually, that's work property, so I apologise to you for that. Yeah, we'll sort um, that out later. Yeah, yeah, we'll work that out. I'll pay you a little bit. Um, we've just done our open, Matt. Can you do better? Uh, I've already opened it, sorry. <laughs> Cheers, though. Yeah, Tough week. Matt, Matt's, you, Matt's, uh, Matt's clearly still in race mode, but that's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling like I'm getting a flavour of 9 to 10k, as I was the one that wasn't there. Um, I don't think Bill was there either. And now I'll see we the Middlesex champs. Nice. Track and field. Convinced Sam to come along and he did it. <laughs> he yeah, did. medal as well. Yeah, and you get him this year, so tell me medals. Yeah, it's a great medal. Yeah, I mean, not, not just because it's uh, a silver, but yeah, the guy, the guy in first did 402. I did 438. <laughs> Right. This was for fifteen hundred, not the mile. Fifteen hundred, yeah, 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 a bit easier. Mm. Yeah, a very interesting event, but um, yeah, that was fun on on Saturday. I ran away from ten thousand PBs to uh, to go there, and then came back and enjoyed a few of these beers afterwards. Looks like it's an IPA. What would you guys give it out of ten? Gone, Neil. You score. Oh, I quite like it. I mean, I'd say maybe seven-ish, you know, in, yeah. in that sort of in that sort of bracket. I mean, I don't have any. I think a lot of this, when you have a sip, is that you, um, you have a sort of memory as well. And uh, I don't obviously not have, having not been there, but seen sort of pictures of people drinking it and everyone sort of stood around the edge and all this. I think um, it might have brought back some memories, etc. But there we are. Yeah, it was yeah. a great night. Yeah. You were at a wedding watching it on your laptop, on your on your mobile, right? <laughs> That's right. 
I, uh, it, it, it was a good wedding. It just, it was just, it just fell on a very unfortunate night. Um, but your wedding? It wasn't my <laughs> wedding. <laughs> I don't know how many people on their own weddings have, you know, just uh, got the football on or whatever. That probably, that's probably Quite happened. Yeah. Probably happened, but um, <laughs> luckily I chose a night on my own wedding that nothing uh, of significance had happened. Yeah. I, um, but I was, I was obviously keen to watch this because uh, obviously Matt was in it. And, Not for long. Uh, not for long. <laughs> um, I actually missed your race because it wasn't on BBC anyway, but Johnny Suttle and Georgia, um, I'm yet to meet. Uh, so, you know, it was it was the first time, I'd, we, well, first time that I had witnessed um, Queen's Park Harriers um, running um, around that track. Um, so I would have liked that. So I did watch it and actually the BBC did some fine coverage of it, I thought. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was escaping upstairs uh to to the loo um and just like half an hour just having a sit <laughs> having a sit with the phone um, Brilliant. And, and coming down and just like... but the other big thing that was on that night was eurovision song contest yeah <laughs> and i was so keen to watch that and i've been I'm a massive eurovision fan for like years <laughs> so I, I could i kind of could not believe the timing of this wedding anyway that was fine. It was a good wedding, and we got back home just in time to watch the final, the men's final, on the ten k on the laptop, and um, halfway through the songs. So it was actually all right. <laughs> good night. Love it. The busy man. <laughs> all right. So Quite busy. we. Uh, oh, Neil, you're going a bit funny. You're all right now that you're back. Um, yeah, I wanted to invite you on, Bill, because you are nothing short of a legend at the club. You are, um, yeah, the the oldest member who, the oldest serving member, right? Who's still there? That's the way, the way you say it. You, what what year did you start at Queen's Park Harriers? What year did you join? November seventy six. Ellen was Ellen and Peter were there before me. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so I got that wrong. So you're actually only third, but you're bronze medal there. That's pretty good. Oh, those are good. Um, seventy six. What? <clears throat> What a year to join a running club in London. That must have been interesting. Well, I knew about Queen's Park Harriers New Zealand before I came overseas. Really? Yeah. It used to be in the athletic magazines and stuff about this Queen's Park Harriers in London. I just read it, read, read, read it, just like running running magazine. Then got pissed one night and dared to go to with a mate for two years. <laughs> Never dreamed that end up in Queen's Park Harriers in London. Love that. So how long after moving to London did you go and check check out a session? Uh, about five, six years. So I went up to I drove bus around Europe for a long time. Up to Moscow and all these places and minibuses. We used to go to we used to go to Ukraine. Ukraine's a great country. Yeah. And Kiev was a spectacular city. I used to love Kiev. Even in the days of the Cold War and the KGB, hard flying KGB and Brezhnev was in power and Andropov, they were really tough presidents at the time. But Kiev is there was just something about Kiev. So it was much more relaxed or different than then Oriel or St. Petersburg, Leningrad was then, or Moscow, and those yeah. other big cities, yeah. And so you just drove about, just a beautiful city, yeah. You drove for Kentucky tours, didn't you? Yeah, Kentucky and Atrick, yeah. Uh, great camping. So that's where you when you first came, and then then did you join when you were more settled in London or straight off? I was still running, I was still on the bus when I joined that. I was doing some because I came up for a trip and I might have two weeks back in London, and I could do supply teaching a couple of weeks to go again. Mm. And then when I got back there's a paycheck to keep me alive for a week or whatever it was, I was back in London before we went off again. 
I did four trips one year, it took nine months. That's how long they were. Lovely. Two two eleven weekers and two six six and a half weekers. They were North Africa and the other two were Grand Europeans up through out to Turkey, up through Romania, Bulgaria, into Russia, into Finland, and then right back around back into Berlin, through the Berlin Wall and back out to Paris and home, back for the night wow. and gone again. And were oh. you running already by this point? Were you were you a runner? I'd raced a lot in New Zealand, yeah. I'd won I'd won the criminal county titles back home, about eight or eight or ten or something like that. Um, and then I come out here and did nothing for about seven or eight years, really. So my, probably my best years, as far as age goes, I never did any racing wow. or running at all. When I first joined the Queens Park Cows, I was so unfit and hopeless. And there were three or four other Kiwis joined as well, a couple of Irish guys. We used to laugh at the time we finished. Colin was the fast one in the club at the time. He's still around somewhere. Colin Gray, by the time we finished, you had a shout and gone home. <laughs> we were so far back. And where did you... And we slowly trained and got fitter and fitter and fitter. And we said, well, I said, but the boys, I said, we'll have him next week. And never ever beat us, never beat us again. Ah, love it. <laughs> Where did you train in those days? It wasn't Wilson's Sports Centre, was it? Yeah, a lot of the canals, a lot. Wilson Sports Centre, Paddington Rec. Was, was it? Rec then was great. It's rubbish now, what it was. <laughs> Where that green area is uh, where they play cricket, there used to be a stadium there. Um, there's a concrete bank for cycling around the outside. There's a 400 metre track. It was a dirt track, very fine type sand. It was beautiful to run on. And then the green part in the middle was where they did hockey in the winter and athletics in the summer, like uh, discus, javelin, that sort of stuff. And then around the athletic track was a, was a cycling track with a real steep bank on it. Um, but I know it's the unusual size for a cycling track, but that was what was there. And on the top of that cycle type of track, there was a fence on top of that, a wide fence. And there was also a grandstand, which would take three or four hundred people sort of thing. And the idea of the wire on the top was to stop the cricket balls going over in the summertime. So, that, so it was used a lot all the time by the schools and by residents. And I used, to, I used to race there quite a bit. And it was famous for the steeplechase jump had a hedge in it. So before they did the steeplechase, they'd come along and trim the hedge off. <laughs> so the guys could put their feet on the top, yeah. And it's where George Best, now George was in the club at the time. And he was, um, he'd been a top class racer in the, in the 40s. He had the Egyptian mob with the army. And then at the, world, at the national championships in 48, he got fourth. He got beaten by two Hungarians, another English guy, and he was fourth in the nationals and was probably going to be picked for the Olympic Games in 48. And he's down there training one night, hit the top of the steeplechase jump, crashed, broke his arm and then oh. before the Olympics. That was the end of his Olympics. Oh. But he was a hard trainer for you guys. My God, he was sort of you right out. I remember one night we were up doing 200 metres, I think it was, 10, 200 metres in 25 seconds. We had two guys at the time. His son, Edward, was a He's now a world record holder in veterans. And a um, few other, Stephen Pratt was, they were both top in the top 10 in the country and as 110 meter hurdlers. And Edward was also in the high up of the 800 because he was running 148, 149. And um, they pissed him around one night training. They, there was about a dozen of them. I was there as well, but I wasn't taking too much notice what was going on. And, they were, and he got so cross with them. They all got changed afterwards. And he used to always, but he went, they got changed. He said, right, get changed, get back out on the track and do it all again. <laughs> So he made him do the whole lot again, and he used to always take them home in his car. He said, buggies walk over the night. <laughs> <laughs> and that included his own two boys. Didn't give me oh, a preference. Oh. They had to walk so, home as well. When you so, say track, your your usual place to meet was Padrec, was it? Was that no, your... a lot in those days? This was this night I'm talking about with George, that was a Wilson Stadium that night. Because we used to do a tea room up there and play darts, everything, all for nothing. Didn't pay for anything. Wow. The old stadium. Nice. Yeah. And then the original oh. stadium at Wilson, where we are now, that was a dirt track when I first went there. Wow. And on a wet night, you, you think you run over Hampstead Heath. There's so much dirt on you, all the speck on your running shoes and your spikes, this all come up. And if it rained, 
that, that metal edge on the edge was so rigid in that you'd have a 400 meters of perfect water. Wow. With the way it would have drained whales soak away, yeah. And then they had the World Hockey there, World Hockey Champs, 1986 were at Wilson Stadium. So they dug oh. all the grass up, put in AstroTurf, because that's, that's Astro, hockey's always an AstroTurf. And they put grandstands around where the track is now. Would have probably must have seated 30,000 people, I suppose, I reckon, right? And they put all the grandstands up. And out the back on the paddock, on the grass out the, behind the, the swimming pool there, they put down meshing for car, car parking. And there are thousands <laughs> turn up every day. There's sometimes two matches a day, morning and afternoon, that sort of thing. And okay. then. Hockey. Um, okay. uh, um, sorry. Yeah, hockey, hockey World yeah, Cup. Yeah, World Hockey. World Hockey. Wow. Well, <laughs> 1986. No idea. Yeah. And then they, and then, um, and at the time they were talking about putting down a running track, we'd had arguments with the council. I remember going up and saying, listen to the users, not those, not those, the architects, because we wanted all that terracing at the back all dug out, the whole lot got rid of. Go back fairly close to the road, reinforce it all, then build a big lean to out from the, from the top of that, and, and, and landscape it for um, residents around about. But you would have had about 130 meters of covered over area. If you had done that, and we said put put stack of, stack of seating in, so you just pull it out for a grandstand, pull it out to the edge of the track, and you're on the grandstand, or push it back in. So we could have like 130 meters of sprinting in the winter undercover. Hockey could have used it for their their skills, football, boxers, anybody. No, no, it's going to cost money. So didn't do it. And also at that time, Wilsden Stadium was was um, Wilsden Football Club was there. And you know where the 200 meters is now. With the 200 meters start, there's a bit of a green bank. That used to be, there used to be a clubhouse on there. The bloody drinking den, wasn't it? The local set fire to one night, got rid of it. <laughs> that torched it. Yeah. <laughs> that, was the end of the, that was the end of the rules of the football club. They had, they had all the high lights, and we said, get rid of those high lights. And when you put new stand up, put strip line on the front, easy to maintain and so on. No, they wouldn't do it. Therefore, they wouldn't shift the track across. We, we were an eight lane track, and they just wouldn't do it. Yeah, I'm, looking, I'm looking at it here Wilson, Wilson Stadium National Hockey Center. Yeah. October 1986, 12 pounds a ticket. Oof. Yeah, and the Australian England was a final. Wow, that's fascinating. And then a, a couple of years later, the local kids burned a hole in the AstroTurf. Set fire to it. So we the grass. <laughs> Honestly, I could I could listen to this all day, but this, <coughs> this is the thing, Bill. I reckon we could have a chat about all the proper history bits as a as another episode. But what I, what yeah. I thought before we go too far down the running rabbit hole is we should focus on London Marathon because 80, uh, 76, you join Queen's Park Harriers. 81's the first London Marathon, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're probably pretty fit by then. You've beaten George, you're showering first and going home. You're one of the quicker ones at the club. Colin, beaten Colin, yeah. yeah. You've beaten Colin. And what, what happens? How, how did you hear about the first London? Is that your first marathon ever or what happened? How no, I'd done two by then. I'd, so I wouldn't do... My mate won Boston years ago, Dave, Dave and Eddie and I. We were South Island champions in relay racing. <clears throat> Eddie was third in the world cross country, and Dave won Boston. But Eddie was third in Bedford when um, Dave Bedford won the world cross country in 71. Eddie was third. And and I think they got gold team there was that year in New Zealand. He also won the Belgian title and the Scottish title and was sixth in England title one year in cross country. And then... Um, so when I came here and I and I wouldn't run, I wouldn't run mountains back on this one. I regret now not doing one then because I reckon I'd have got out of 225 without too much bother, really, because the fitness I was at. Because I used to beat them in some of the races. Mm. They ran 215 in Boston. I think it was, yeah. Wow. He was he was in the race that woman ran the first time and got chucked out. That one, 1967. Mm. Wow. And um, 
And so when I come over here, they used to they used to tease me about there was a few marathons around, not many. They were, they were starting to run them, and they, they was, and I said I want to do a marathon. Oh, we shooting box, didn't they? So I said to them, okay, if I'm going to do a marathon, I'll do one as long as I break two hours for twenty miles. I'm not interested otherwise. <laughs> so I did the Finchy Twenty, did one hour fifty eight thirty, I think it was, and I got hundred and twenty at that day. Jesus. And there's about 10 break two hours now, if you're lucky. One year, I think about five only broke two hours. Yeah, that, that, race, that race still goes on, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a great yeah, race. Horrible. Five times around a four mile, four, four times around a five mile, yeah. Horrible. It used to be the Fincy five many, many years ago. There's a five mile race on it. I think I ran 24, 40 or something on the five mile. That one. Not a way down the field. It was about 30, I think it was. Wow. So that's so, how I ended up going to Mouse. I ran the Polly from, from, from Windsor Castle. You start the private grounds at Windsor Castle when you run down Long Acre, that long road you see the photographs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> when was it? July the 20th, something of that. 35, 30 degrees. Water drink stations, 10 more, 20 more. One at the finish, you get there. That was about it. And yeah, there we, was we, nobody uh, around hardy. We, we, it might have been a guy 400 yards ahead of me, me, and then another guy a half a mile behind me and a couple of cows moving over the fence. That was it. <laughs> That is I got the 21 mile ride, mark in about two hours, two minutes. It was as good as gold. And by 20, by 20, 21, yeah, by 21, by 21 and a half, I couldn't have gotten near to at the end of the table. I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Literally <Like>. stopped. <laughs> and it got, I got the idea of doing 256. So I remember the last two mile, last half miles on the track, and Trish was down there watching me come in. And she said, she felt like running the last two mile, two laps of the track for me. She said, you just look plonk, 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 like an old pension of 90 years old plodding along. I was still going under three hours. And then next year, the same was faster. I did, I think, 156 for 20 that year, I think it was. And I was a bit more cautious. I had two, two hours, five at 21, and the same again, but not quite as bad, 252. Then London came around, and we and thought we were getting the blade London. We applied and missed initially, and we applied again as overseas, I think it was, and got in that way. And But you had to have a stamp on your envelope Say the cutoff point was midnight tonight. It had to had, the franking stamp on the envelope had to be before midnight on tonight. So, <laughs> so some of the post office guys got a few spare ball by backdating the, the stamp button. Boom, <laughs> but they checked all the envelopes. <laughs> oh, God. And we got a place. Me and Ian and a couple of others got places in it. And, wow. and, and we had to go to Swan and Egg, I think it was, in, in Piccadilly Circus. The, the, the uh, furniture shop or mandatory shop right at the corner of Piccadilly Circus where to go in there, go on the ground to get our numbers from in there. There's a book on the first one. Have you ever seen, you ever seen it? No. So this is the first <laughs> London Marathon, how you got how you got your, your your place. Yeah, yeah. I'll get the book. I'll show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it, get it, get it. So Bill's gone to collect his uh, the, the first London Marathon sort of book, which sort of Oh, wow. It's the very first thing. It says Gillette's London Marathon. It's a great big red thing. Yeah, the name of the book. book. With Bill O'Connor. Oh, William name? John O'Connor. Competitor number 6932, 29th of March, 1981. Wow. And it's all black and white photographs. There's a couple of coloured ones that are really amateurish to what we have these days. They're all black and white. Mm. And so you got this after the race or before the yeah, race? Yeah, after the race. I knew some of the I knew some of the guys in here, and then a coloured one. Look at them. They're just oh yeah, that's Black Heath. Yep, just one start. So you, Bill, you 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 nearly didn't get in. Yeah, we kind of had to apply twice in some ways. Yeah, it's it rain. Mm. Yeah, it rain. 
Why was that? Well, I, I missed that. Why, why did you nearly not get Oh, in? there's something about them mixed up to the entry somehow, rather than they kind of let, let we, we, people kind of applied again, asked again, what, what happened to the entry and so on? They said, oh, well, not enough flights up and they just let us in. Ah. So something like that. I can't remember now. Yeah, fully what happened now. There's, there's a meeting bunch. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Bill, there's a guy on the left-hand side of that, of, that, of that page. So the right-hand side of that page, or his left, with a string vest. Yeah, it looks like a string vest. Is that Ron Hill? Yeah, a lot of people wore string vests. Is that Ron Hill? No, that wasn't Ron Hill. Uh, um, no, it was the guy. It, it was. I tell you, it was he got third? Third in a string vest. Jesus. Trevor Wright. Trevor right. Wright, who won, he was second or something in the national cross country a few times. Ran for England for quite a bit. He was living in New Zealand at the time and came back for it. He married Rosemary Wright, who was a top class runner here in her day. Or was she in New Zealand? I think she was in New Zealand. I think it was. And they met on the went on the different tours. Wow, and he came over for it. That's quite an epic picture. I so, was um, I was threatening um Matt and Sam that I would try and find a vest like that to run Manchester Marathon in, but oddly enough, they don't they don't they don't sell them anymore. I, fact, I got one still, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just borrow you one from Bill. Lend it to Neil for his next marathon, please. Please, Bill. <laughs> And there's the results. Everybody's name. Everybody's name. Yep. Where did you finish that, Bill? To uh, two seventieth. What time did you do? Two thirty-five fifty-two. For your third marathon. And I was third, Queens Parker. Wow. Chris ran two twenty-seven. Ian ran two twenty-nine. I ran two thirty-five. Two twenty-seven. So two twenty-seven is the club record, right? Yep. Oh. And he was sixty-ninth. I think it was that day. What were the well, second? Yeah, it was the two twenty nine. He was one hundred and twenty or something. Like that can we get this? The, can we get the exact time of two twenty seven in the seconds, please? Sixty. And what position did he come out of interest? Chris Ryan two. Oh, sorry. Chris Ryan. Sorry, two twenty four thirty two. Oh. Two twenty four thirty two. Yeah. It's just taking three minutes more. <laughs> That's a big jump. 224, 32. 32. Yeah. <laughs> and at 229 something. Oh, God. And I was a slow one at 235. How does that feel, Matt? <clears throat> I felt like 227 was not yeah. ridiculous, but well, yeah. fairly yeah. ridiculous, but not ridiculous, ridiculous. 224 is really out there, isn't it? Well, also, it'll have to be 223, really. Yeah. Well, um, with the shoes, take off another three minutes. Well, I, I could do the workings if you like. <laughs> yes, please do the workings Holy. with your spreadsheet of shoe. <laughs> so, and what? On, I'm jumping ahead here. So you're on two. Magnifying glass. Hang on. Bill's just going to grab a magnifying glass for that page. That page. They do get small, those. I hope the magnifying <clears> glass adds those three minutes back on. <laughs> I think we should do these anthologies for like every single year for every single runner. That'd be great. Oh, how do you mean? Well, Bill's got this is a commemorative of 1981. So, who do we do? So, you think there should be 50,000 commemorative books given out every year with the name? Every single, every single year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leather bound. Well, we, could do, we could do one for Queen's Park Harriers, any members each year. Yeah, nice. That is true. Chris, two, two twenty-four, thirty-two. Thirty-two. 
He was 29. Wow. In in Torbett was 122nd in 229.16. He was 27. Nice. He's old, and I was. I was 270th. I was 35 at the time. 235.52. Nice. And I was third Queens Parker. Excellent. So that's your first London Marathon. Yep. And um, and so what happened? You, you 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 did you do another marathon before the following year? I did the. I've done two others. I did the Isle of Wight, the twenty-eight miles there. <laughs> you went the wrong way. You went the wrong way. I mean, it's it's an old it's an ultra bell. Yeah. Was, yeah, then I'd worked out. Look at the few slots we could probably get it. We're fitting up. We both ran. I think I did 153 for 20 miles that year, and he did 155 on that. So we thought we can go down and give this one a crack. And then we the previous times. I said we can get this, you know, get among it anyhow. And there was there's 20. The course they had then had 21 hills in it. They started riding, went right around the island and loop part of the island back to the finish. And and they said to us, just keep running ahead until somebody turns you either left or right. We've got markers at every point. So we're all free-headed. About six of us got away after about a mile. We must have been about a mile and a half in or towards two miles in. We just kept going ahead out the countryside. And, and one of the guys says, is this right? And I said, I don't know, first time I've run it. I said, Dan, because he did a couple of years beforehand. He said, oh, I'm not sure. I didn't take my nose. I just ran, came out the race. So we stopped the guy. We came across the guy out in the way out the road. And we said, oh, no, you're wrong. Go back. You're miles off course. So by the time we got back in the town, we were last. <laughs> no. <clears throat> the person who should have been the deck point turned up just after we'd all shot through. That's about half dozen who shot through. And everybody else went the right way. And we were, we, we'd gone from first to last. And they were out of sight, weren't they? And I got through you the do? fourth, right through the fourth at about the 21 mile mark. And then I paid for it. And Dave Case was a good friend of mine. He ran feeling at the time. And he was going to chuck it in. He caught up in, and I slowed down. He cut to me. He said, oh, I'm going to chuck it in. And I said, No, Dave, keep going. I said, I'm, I'm done now. And he ended up getting third. He got all the prizes. <laughs> I think I ran 245 or 247 that day. <laughs> but they were, they were, they were all, probably did. I couldn't, I couldn't blame the organizer. They'd done everything right. Everything else worked out perfectly. Just one person wasn't there on time. And that was a result of about 28 miles that day. Has, oh. this, um, has that kind of thing ever happened to before or has it happened since? Oh, yeah, it's happened since. Yeah, it happened in Belfast a few years ago. The leading two were taken the long way by the guide, by the guide car. Oh, God. Took the wrong way. And they didn't miss out. And my brother happened to him in Australia, <clears throat> the Sydney City to Surf race. Yes, a year because they haven't seen You ever heard of those City to Surf? They run from yeah. Santa City to. And he was in the top two, or it was a Sydney Marathon. He was in the top two, closing on the leader. And they got sent the wrong way. They got taken the wrong way by the lead car and he ended up being fifth or sixth. Oh. Yeah, and there, there were thousands in that one. Yeah. Jeez. But he ran 221 later in Pakistan. Did he? Yeah. Your brother? Yeah. Mary, my sister ran 228, so I'm the old slower. But she was third back. Bill? 234.29. Just before I turned, a couple of weeks before I turned 40. Is that in uh, in London? In London, yeah, yeah. Bill, have you ever worn, worn these new Vaporfly shoes, the ones with the uh, carbon plates? I should be fishing out my real ones, the one I used to wear, I ran 234. And these <laughs> I've got. I've got my I've got my calculator to work out what you would have got had you been wearing those shoes at the time. 
<laughs> Still not so fast enough. So your your PB is two thirty four twenty nine. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Neil's got. What a are you doing? Taking off four percent. Yeah, Bill, you, you you would have got two twenty eight eighteen. Ah. All right, that's your PB. Thanks, Neil. Okay. <laughs> And that's, the, that's the one we've got. That's the one we've got to get, and it's legit. If we get it, if we get that in vapor flies, then we've got you. Chris, Chris was still fast at two twenty four. I should share you my. Story. As soon as I ran two thirty five in, two thirty four in, I'm fishing with you one day. Guess how much they cost me? Two pounds. I was skipping those days. I very skipped. I remember going up Dutton Hill Lane one um, near near North College, Northwest London, there in Wilson, and, that, and on the top of that hill we go a little, but down the other side you might remember it. And that's where you get up to Braston Park. And I was very scared. I need a pair of shoes. And there's, there's a shoe shop there. And it's where there's, where there's a big, one of the yellow boxings outfit now. And I thought, oh, I need a pair of shoes. They had a special, on special. So I went and got them. Two pairs. Fibre. £2.50 a pair. <laughs> uh, I went two thirty four on them. <laughs> Have you ever run without the shoes, Bill? Because I know I that some runners... You know, there's a guy that won the Olympics twice. Okay, in the I mean, yeah, uh, the Ethiopian guy. Yeah, um, what was his name? In Rome, Rome and Tokyo, he got the gold. Wow! You know, I used to race back home with the track and bare feet sometimes, eight eighty yards a mile. Really? How did that feel? <laughs> the championship racing was always worse twice because you everybody else had spikes on, but I got stood on, got foot ripped open once with spikes because in those days, eight hundred meter was on the curve line. There's no lanes. It was just eyeballs out. <laughs> Go bang, off. And that first corner, that first 30, 50 yards was, was murder alley. <laughs> and that's why they brought lanes later on. Yeah, guys, I remember seeing one guy get his whole Achilles tendon open up one day. Just about, behind. I got one through here once, through there, tore the hole inside the foot out. Inside. Got a dozen stitches in the. In the um, it was well, awful. You still on. I remember getting still on. Tearing, tearing the shoe on the other side of it. Yeah, that was common. So that, there were so many pushing and shoving and crashes. At, and I came down a couple of times. That they, that's why they brought lanes in. So the first 110 metres and 800 hours in lanes, you've got to cross that little green line before mm. you come into the in a home straight. Yeah, you did, just, you, did you have a did you have a plan of attack in that in that situation? Did, did you have like, yeah, did you have a, a starting plan? Go like you aim for <laughs> Go, go like, like, would it be like first. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Give him a jab. Yeah, right. oh yeah. There was a lot of lot of that went on, pushing and shoving. Yeah, because you wore long, because the the spikes were molded into the sole of the shoe. You didn't screw them in or out. They were molded into the shoe, so they suddenly be like that long. You know, they're like nine, <laughs> twelve mil, twelve mil long. Because you're running on grass, you got to get grip. See, and if the grass is a bit soft and dodgy, well, it was like a bloody cross country course, just about some of these wet tracks on the inside. They'd be chopped up to anything. So you wore long stuff. And because you got stood on, it hurt. It just happened. But also because you, you, you've done eight, you, you guys have much done 800 meter race, you close contact. And your legs on the hair would always be little marks on them from the, the back kick. And you just yeah. got used to it. You, you feel during the race, you knew what it was. You just ignored it. I saw a lot of people um, <clears throat> kicking back like that in the two races I've done recently. And I kept away from them because right at the start, you're right, it bunches so much. Um, and, and a lot of people at night of 10,000 had those shins with a few nicks in them. Yeah, um, it would do, yeah. Looks, looks Close contact racing, yeah. So um, you've then <coughs> done your 
your first London and you've done a couple of marathons, well, an ultra and a marathon between then. And it comes to 1982 and you're going to do the second London marathon. Did you have to qualify? Was it like a, a time or how did it work? You just had to apply. I'm not sure. I think we just applied and got in. Yeah. I, mean, I, did no, I didn't do any training that year. I was doing a night course and stuff. I ran once a week. I did two fifty-six angles. Wow. <laughs> and then the next year I come down to 238 or something like that. I did about a dozen under two hours 40. Jeez. Over the years, yeah. I did Kodak as well. I got eighth in that race. That was a that was sponsored by Kodak photo, Photographic Company and Harrow. That half marathon and a marathon. So it was on the half marathon of course and you did the marathon twice. And I got I think Colin was third, John was Willoughby was fifth, and I was eighth, I think it was that day. There were about 150 or something in it. And um, so you, you you then say you've done, you know, 12 or so around 240 or under. And, um, and, and when does it kind of, when kind of does it re- do, do you realise that you're in a group of ever presence where there's what, 10 or 20 of you done every London Marathon, is it? After the 15th race, out of the blue, London Marathon put their statement out. If you've done the first 15, send your times and places in and we'll check them. And if we agree with them, we'll guarantee for life as long as you don't miss one. <laughs> that's what it was. It was a letter came, the statement came out, and that was it. So I just thought, bloody hell. I'm already kind of settled here for a little while by that stage, after 12 years. So I thought, I'll send mine in. And originally, there were 42 of us, all guys. There's one lady, Leslie Watson, was a physiotherapist in London. And she, was a, she ran for London Olympia. She was a really good runner. I think she ran 245 on that for the marathon, or 250. And she did a lot of, won, won a lot of cross country races and track races. But she'd done the first 10, but of course we didn't know that was going to, this was going to happen. And I think that I heard later on a rumor, I don't know how true it was, that they were thinking about doing that after the 10th race, but they thought there would have been too many. Oh. They went to the 15th, but it was all guys, 42. And over time, that's whittled down to the seven of us now that are left. Wow. There's books that's... on us. There's a, there's a book, I've got books upstairs on it. Do you want a copy? Yeah. You ever seen, you ever seen it? No. You ever, you ever seen the book on all us guys? No. My have, my have. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, Bill's gone to fetch the book. <laughs> Bill's just grabbing the book. So just to unpack that a little bit, that's insane, isn't it? So 1996, he gets a, a letter saying, have you done every single one so far? Send your times. <sighs> yeah. And that was 76 of them or something. No, did I hear that right? 42, yeah. Oh, 42, yeah. Didn't hear that right. (laughs) 42 of them. Why me? Quite impressive. So here's Bill. The real marathon men. London marathon ever presence in the most um, PowerPoint-esque font you've ever seen. I'm definitely... That's spectacular, isn't it? Bill, lift it up a bit. Yeah, where are you? Yeah, where are you? Probably on the back out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) There. Ah, you are the back. Oh, there he there is. You go. Oh, yeah. You Base are. for the back cover. So what's have they got you in ever-present vests there? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we've got different ones at different times, yeah. Wow. What, what this was, we um, one of the guys was keen to get some kind of record of us. This is years ago now. So we were asked to write about ourselves and send all into and he'd put it all together. So some of these guys don't exist now. They've dropped out. But there's, there's quite a few in here, but it's, it's interesting reading. Yeah, there's one. Of, there's one of mine. Yeah, that's the one there in the Sunday. Oh, the Sunday oh, time. Wow, oh, that's a picture oh. of Bill with with about 
20 medals. Well, that's all of his London Marathon medals on. There right? was a whole page of the Sunday Times, coloured photos. Hooped vest as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. When one London Marathon is not enough, what they have up there. There was a whole page just about of the, of the Sunday Times. I can get you some of these if you want it. Oh, yeah, I'd love to have a read. I mainly want to have a photo of that cover. That's brilliant. Look at that. It. Look at that. That's excellent. Yeah, no, I'd love to have a read. So, so 1996, you get that letter through and then, and then you're kind of part of this group. And how long do people stick around? Like, why do they drop out? Just because of injury, I guess, is the main thing, injury, right? Injury, old age, death. Yeah, death. Fair enough. So now the, the, the latest, since I've known you in only nine years, eight, eight or yeah, nine years, yeah. there have been a couple of people dropped out for... We uh, lost three this year. This year? Yep. And what was what, what were the reasons one, there? One that had an operation and it hadn't come right for his ankle or his knee and didn't want to do it. Another guy uh, said he probably could have done it, but he was having to have an operation soon, didn't want to mess up anymore. We said, well, still do it. You don't have to get the thing done. He said, no, no, no. And the other guy was a real shock to us. We only found out on the Saturday morning, he'd gone to the doctors about, oh, his ear was hurting or something. And the doctor had done a check on him. And while she did it there, did his blood pressure. And she said, don't you run you'll have a stroke. Oh, my God. That was about what it was. That's about what it came to. So he was gone just like that. His wife said, no, you're not running then. And it was a big oh. shock to all us as well. And a bigger shock to him because he was really fit. Yeah. Jeez. Mm. Wow. The guy, yeah, it's sad, you know, so suddenly we lost three and I never thought we'd lose any of those three. You know, never, never expect that at all. Yeah. Ken it's... Jones is still on it. He's the 86-year-old from Northern Ireland. Wow. Oh. He's, he's the oldest, yeah. He's and, lovely, King, yeah. And the youngest is that um, Chris guy, right? Chris Finnell. He's done all under three out of ship two. And, and one, of those, of times, right? one of those sub threes, he'd broken his arm. Is that right? No, uh, yeah, one of those was two hours, three hours, 48. He was still first to finish of all us guys, right? <laughs> he didn't know at the time. He thought he'd dislocated or something. He got tripped out after about four miles. That's how it happened. And then he went and did a really, you know, knew he'd done some damage. So he pulled the medical there and they were, Sam out and he said, No, I'm gonna finish it. And they said, You can't, well, I'm gonna see strap it up. And he ran along with the arm in the sling for the other 20, 22 miles it was, got the finish line, off the hospital, and when they x-rayed it, they found it had four fractures in it in the shoulder. And I and his wife ran that year, and I because you know, Whitehall just shuts down, they just close off people, people just sitting on the road and drink beers and so on. And Julia came over to me, she she ran that year, she did about six hours, and she saw me and came out and said, You heard about Chris, and we were all thinking, What's happened to Chris? He, he three hours, four days, not like Chris, something must have happened. And she said, have you heard about us? No, she said, he's in hospital. He's fallen and damaged his shoulder badly. We're not sure what it is. It's only when they got x-rays on, broke it in four places. Wow. So there's photographs around him looking all miserable, <laughs> understandably. He said, no way was I dropping out because of that. Yeah, but he finished it. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the other year, he'd been feeling a little bit, a couple of injuries or something like that. He, hit, he doesn't get many injuries. He had one or two a couple of years, a few years before that, and he ended up doing three hours, 10. That was the 34th one, he did three hours 10. If you go on London, if you go want to see the group, go on London, Google, Google put London Marathon Ever Present. You go yeah. put those four full names and you get the whole lot there. A lot of these guys who just don't, who don't run now or passed on, their names all like that. We asked them all the names to be kept in there as much as we could because the history of all those people are all part of it. And the graphs on the Chris Finnell's graph just kind of goes like a straight line. Mine goes a little bit. And my, and, um, a couple of the other guys have got fairly, fairly straight lines with different age groupings and things like that. Amazing. But we have had good times from London Mouth. They've given us t shirts and plaques. Memorial 21 was a, a special part they gave us. Another time they gave us 
t-shirts and sweatshirts. And then a couple of years ago, before COVID hit, just before COVID hit that, we were in London on the, was the 4th of February, some of the first, first weekend, first Friday, I think it was in February that year, as a publicity thing. And we had a whole day in there. We all turned up. Ken came down from Ireland. The other guys from the couple from the Midlands, a couple from Mitzrich Gray came in. The guys from Wales came up. And all 12 of us were there, the 12 of us at the time. And they had us running around and had all the TV crews there and all the national press. There was a lot of it on cable that night on BBC One, ITV, Channel 4, all up with a 20 minutes or something on all of us guys. And it went out on international stuff as well, guys, the publicity for the race. And then they gave us track suits and sweatshirts and shoes and living that day. Those ones I'm wearing at the moment, the ones I've got that time. And then that evening, they took us out for a meal and it was the Tower Bridge. And we went, have you ever been on top of the Tower Bridge? Up on the walkway at the very tip top? No. I've never been up there. And well, that's that worth doing. And, they, and they'd hired that out. So we went up to the very tip top and they had a buffet up on top of the Tower Bridge. You look straight out, look straight down to the glass. There's a glass floor there. Look straight down to where you're going to run across the bridge. Wow. And they said, you'll be doing that in a couple of months' time. It didn't happen, did it? It hasn't happened oh. since, basically, because of COVID hit. And that night was a crisp, it was a cold but crystal clear night, not a cloud in the sky. And London and the river just looked spectacular from up there. But wow. they also have exhibitions up there. There's one years ago, all the bridges around the world, the unusual bridges around the world is up there. But it's worth going up. So you get, in London, you've got a nice clear day. It's worth going up and have a good look at it. There's like an exhibition up there all the time sort of thing. Yeah. They do do music there as well in the summertime. I think it's That's July right. every year. They have a musical thing of unusual place in London. And I've been to that. And where it is, is you go into it and you go under the river mm. so you know where the, the two pillars are that the, that yeah. the bridge blocks back on underneath one of the big piles there's a big cabin underneath one on the south side and that's they have musical concerts in there wow. and you wow. hear the water above you did not know that that's you know about that yeah yeah and then they, then you can go in then you, with your ticket you can all then go into the the room where all the engineering is where it controls all the bridge opening and closing all that all yeah. the mechanics at these big wheels and pulleys and stuff and it's great yeah Oh, this is only if you're an ever present, though. You can't. No, 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 anybody can. There we go. I've just opened it up, Bill, um, on the Wikipedias. And there are, uh, yeah, it has a, the big list of you um, from before, and it's it, there seems to be seven remaining. Yep, that's right. And only one of them is has a quicker PB than you, Chris Finnell. Well, Chris, it, this this PB was the time in well, according to what Wikipedia, it was the time in 1981. So, Chris ah, yeah. ran ran faster than you in 1981. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, but then he was uh, 13 years younger. Yeah, he's a baby. He was cheering. <laughs> 22 year old doing a marathon. He'd already done one, I think, by then. He's on. Has he run across America since? Wow. On one side or the other, yeah, and they, and his last last marathon distance on that last race on that whole go across America was the New York Marathon. This is about six years ago. Oh wow! The last day was in the was in the New York Marathon, yeah, and they ran three and a half hours. I think it was. They've written a book on it. I think I must try and get hold of it. Yeah, bucket list. <laughs> There's yeah. articles off at the right for the London for the Road Run Association. There's a whole lot of photographs and things there. Different times. I've got the right upstairs if you want copies. Yeah, got a couple Officially, of reading yeah. books. Yeah. So, um, the hot ones we had, the second one was hot. I, I think there's about, I think at the time, something like 300 or more ended up in hospital. Heat, heat exhaustion was, a, it was May. The first one was on March the 31st. Second one was May the 9th. And it was a hot day. And they pegged it then, didn't they? Because people weren't as fit as they are now, the general public. 
Yeah. And at the first race, there are very few women as well. Now it's 50-50 more or less. Mm. Well, the running thing's taken over and so on. I remember the commentary. I've watched the 81 race back, and I remember the commentary quite clearly stating these are the fun runners and at the, the, the people kind of running in it three hours. Um, yeah. That's right. <laughs> quite stating that. I was like, oh, well, I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I suppose it's fun. Well, the is, average they're not, they're not professional, I suppose. So it's, that's that, that's that, that's the, that's a given for sure. But yeah. I liked it, um, and in fact, in fact, it gets funnier. There's Des Lynham running along with a microphone <laughs> along yeah. Tower, Tower Bridge, um, and you're getting some quite hilarious sort of responses to these uh, to, to his questioning, and as they as they come on through Grandstand, and then when you get to the people that are around about the five hours, they're actually like interviewing these people as well it's a really really amazing sort of sort of show they've got yeah. um in fact one of these one of the one of the um ladies towards the back is, is running at like four or five hours but she's actually on the pavement and they're um they're still they're still filming and they're still interviewing um and she's just like oh it's all right i'm happy with this it's okay <laughs> yeah because the um the, the, the uh, jenny jean Jenny Wood would something. She ran from Scotland. She ran lots of times. I think she ran 11 hours a few times, but she was about 85 some of the time. She got the world record a couple of times. This sort of <laughs> but I know the, uh, the first few races, the average finish time was about three and a half hours. And then it went down to something like five hours. Yeah. But more people took over and, and were slower. The whole thing went the other way. The idea of London Marath was to improve distance running for British people. In the early days, there were some close finishes, real sprint finishes. I, I got a photograph somewhere with a mile to go one year. Um, one of the guys at the club took it. And there could be any one of about 15 could have won it for the miles wow. ago. There was a bloody heap of them. But nowadays, it's, they're strung out in the line often. Yeah. I think mean, when the Pintos, one of the Spanish guys, they, they were just strung out in the line, one, two, three. You know, the, and then there'd be a group later on. The training things have changed too. The one stage was the thing about altitude training at, on, at, at nighttime. So you went to bed in a tent with, that, with rarefied air. That was, that was a big thing at one stage. Yeah. And then one year, Radcliffe was the fastest marathon runner in the country. Yeah, she broke the world record. She was the fastest athlete over the marathon distance in Britain that year. None of the men were as fast as she was. Brilliant. Did you ever try the altitude altitude tent, Bill? No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I, I read about it. I think you sometimes wonder some of these things where, where you're going to cause yourself long-term injury later on. That was what I went through my mind. I just thought, well, if you're not fit enough to do it naturally, just one of those things. Yeah. Did you ever go away to any training camps for running? No, no, yeah. never. <laughs> just the, just ran, the hills. Ran, ran, ran back we used to train on the hills all the time. We used to go 20 mile run. Actually, I've got some photographs and we have the Tasman Sea beside on the left hand side and hills on the right hand side. Nice. And we, we, we were a wild men, I'll tell you, Dave Lady and me. <laughs> <laughs> we were three little redheads, eight and a half stone to nine stone four in weight, skin and bone. And they yeah. could go though. <laughs> I bet. <clears throat> we went to one track meeting Wednesday. Dave and I went, or the county title actually. And I did the 880 yard and the mile double. 880 yards it was in the mile in those days. I got both those, and he got the three mile. Brilliant. Would you uh, would you say that the marathon distance is your favourite distance, or one of the others? Smaller ones. Smaller ones. Marathons, yeah. Which, yeah. Which, what, what, what would you uh, what would you run again? Probably my best performance was probably the five mile, 24:40. Although I did do 51 for 10. 10 miles, 51:29 for 10. But that was nothing in the club in those days. That was about fourth fastest in the club. 
Wow. Because a couple of the other guys are running 50. I was only running 51. It was a very waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go, let's go through your PB. So um, do you have a 100 meter PB? Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. 200 and was about 200. Three, right? 200? 200 is about 24 seconds on that. And uh, 400? 52.7. Oh, right. <laughs> um, 800? 156, I think it was. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's disgusting. Um, uh, 1,500? That was a mile in those days, 416. 416, you didn't do a 415? Yeah. I did, I did, yeah, I did later on. But, um, I did 356, I think it was my best. Most of my race were on grass. The 356 one, that was on tartan. Tartan, love it. <laughs> um, 3,000 was eight. 845, I think it was. 845, nice. And then the chase uh, was about 9.30. <laughs> was that yeah. on the hedge on Pint and Rack? No, no, I did that one. Um, uh, it might have been, actually. Yeah. Bring back the hedge. Keep records like a lot of those, those days. You couldn't get, well, didn't always get printed records like you do these days. You know, they pop up now before you even bloody finished. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need we to know, Bill. Well. This is real time. If it doesn't say it on Strava, then it didn't happen. <laughs> Know. And you're on Strava now, so yeah, you're on Strava. You Bill's can. on Strava. Are you of course, Bill's on Strava. Have you not seen Bill on Strava? <laughs> I just ignore it. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a happy day when I found Bill. I think I did seventy or seventy-one for half marathon a couple of times. No, let's go back. We've missed out on a couple. So steeplechase. Okay, five thousand. There were three miles mainly in those days, but five thousand. I did fourteen. I think 1455 was the best. It was all. Wow. Okay, that's strong. And uh, 10K? 3106. It's <laughs> dirty. Um, I, ran, I broke 32 a few, a few times, but 3106 was the best. I ran 32 at the World Vets. Nice. World Vets road racing when I got 30, uh, 32nd or something. God, how old were you then? Yeah, was this 40? 40. Yeah. 40. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm aiming for. Two years I've got. Year and a half. Gosh. It seems big. There's some stuff. There's strong bit. I've got to cut off four minutes. That's fucking huge. <laughs> yes, sir. Three minutes. I wish, I wish it too quick, Sam. <laughs> no, I'm not wishing it. No way. No, no. That's why I'm doing the 1500s and the miles now. Get them in. Half marathon. I think I did 110 or 111. I remember going through 113 the marathons halfway. Jeez, yeah. Then dying a bit towards the end. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, not even there. The other guys doing the same thing at the time, like Chris was, Ian was, Dan, with the old gang of us. When we go, we used to go 10 more, 10 more race was a big thing in those days, not 10Ks. And my yeah, lot, where's 10Ks now? A lot of those races years ago were we'll round about some of those areas that are on the gone now, but they were 10 milers, is what used to get. Was the, was the half, to... oh, sorry, Bill, go on. Go on, go on. No, I was going to say, was the half not not really a popular event back then? Because that sounds pretty like the weakest of your PBs, yeah, the, I would the, say. There were more 10 miles around than halves in those days. Yeah. You see, there was a the thing that people just weren't organised. 10 miles was a popular distance. So in some ways, the I always kind of think why the distance running hasn't dropped a bit for a while. It's started to come again now. Was, and when you run a 10K, what do people want to break? 40. 40 minutes. 40. When they run a, mile, a 10 mile, what do they want to break? Hour. An hour. Yeah. yeah. So, Six minute miling is against six thirty minute miling and have just over half the distance. So ten, mm -hmm. any fool can run forty minutes for ten ten k. If a young person do about three or four months training, you'll you'll do it. You know, really, really realistic. If you put the effort into it as a young guy, you can get 40, down to forty minutes. 
you yeah. know, reasonably well, really, without too much bother. But break out for the 10 miles, and I knew some good runners, never ever got it. And I I just did a no bother. Yeah. Find it again. It is, it is and we had about eight of us. We had about eight of us at one stage. All broke. We all broke fifty-four for ten miles. So we go to ten mile race. You never knew who the first four were going to be. I might be in the first mm-hmm. for one week. Next week, I'm the fifth finish. And there'd be only seconds between us all. Yeah, you'd peel maybe. Eh? You'd peel. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sit behind each other sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> Work together. Yards. <laughs> Travail ensemble. Yeah, I usually, I usually run 10 miles as a, as an easy tempo run anyway, so just run with Neil. <laughs> yes, good distance um, there was a great race there at Shaftesbury up here a couple of years ago. I was talking to uh, Julian Goda the other day on, on Sunday, he, he won it a couple of times, and it was a three times round couple stadium area in the roads around about. He said, Oh, it's a brilliant race, and I remember watching it one, I ran 50. Five, I think, when I was about 42. I think I might have got the bets one that day. And um, they ran 48. And the guy second and third were two good, two, from that night, I had two good pals of mine, Jerry Staunton and, and Johnny Sheridan. They all broke 49 minutes that day, the three of them. And it, and they just stemmed it out. It was great to watch. I think I might have watched that one. I ran the other one the year before. But they just powered on and they were gone. That 48 minutes, something, 10 miles. My mate Dave, one, one the one boss, he ran 47 for 10K, 47, 45, I think it was, for 10K on the track. Nice. That's insane. So there's some fast guys around then. Yeah. So you've touched on the shoes and the kit that you wore. That was going to be a question of mine. <laughs> um, but you know what I was wondering about? Um, we obviously, as well as the shoes that they talk about now, they also say that this company, Morton, are doing some really good nutrition and gels. So... What did you use, like, as your particularly the longer distance kind of nutrition, or um, yeah, yeah? What, what was your kind of nutrition plans during your your longer runs in marathon? Nothing. Just ate normal food. That was it. And <laughs> what um, gels, all these things that didn't exist. Did you have any sugary drink or anything like along the route or anything like no, that? I marathon? never took, never ever took anything with me on any training run. Even when I was doing 25, 30 mile runs. I might put a 10 or a five pound back pocket case and come unstuck, but never ever took anything. And during the actual marathon? Well, was about three drink stations. <laughs> and what drinks, what drinks did they give out? Water. Just water. That was it. Yep. Wow. There's no, there's no substitute for training, we used to say. That was it. <laughs> do you have anything now? Though? Work, eh? Do you have anything now? Or do you just still just drink water on your way around? And Mainly just it? water. I do. Um in London Marathon, I'll probably take drink of water every couple of miles now. Don't because I'm old and you know you, you just gotta be a bit more careful, but I don't really take a lot of them no. Love it. I might take a gel a couple of gels, but mainly because it's there and also I just kind of think, well, you're getting on now in the mid 70s and uh, just gotta be a bit more protective yourself. So yeah. But in those days, no, we, we just did nothing. We just bolted it out and then gone. So you 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 touched on the the training there. What was your kind of I guess typical training for a marathon. How many weeks would you train in a marathon block? We did the same all year round. Hundred miles a week. Always on. Yeah, I thought that might be the case. Eighty hundred miles a week. Yeah. How many? Eighty to hundred. Eighty to hundred miles a week. Yeah. And was that seven days or six? Yeah, seven. seven. Twice a day sometimes. How would you? How would you recover? With skin and bone. <laughs> <to> go with. <laughs> Did you taper it down? Like, did you do less in the week or two before a race, or did you just oh, still do well, eight? Oh, it's probably they probably slow down a little bit, but not huge amount. But we track raced a lot during the, all that time. 
so we're getting ready for London. See, the marathons, London was in April time, but we might have done a couple of uh, greater meetings by that stage, you know, uh, 1,500 meters or, or 3,000 or half marathon, I mean a half miler, just to keep going at it. But we did a lot of speed work on the track as well, like um, do 400s or uh, intervals, repetitions or 600s. 600 was a good one. Yeah, 600. Yeah, with the speed and stamina and, and do do 600, say one, 145, something like that. One minute, 45 seconds, do half a dozen of those. Half a dozen. Six times 600? Yeah. Seems like... dog about dog about 10 minutes between me do another one. Okay, so you do two sets, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and would you would you get injured a lot? Like, would you get injured much? Not really, no. The only injury I basically had in many ways was... I did, I did the knee one year. That's when I had my start my knee trouble. The Wofford half mouth, I spilled a bit of mud going down on the hills. It's moving my foot like that, and that, that tore the tip and crucial ligaments. And then at the time, I damaged them. But um, when I, we finished the race, on, and I was really fit that year. It's the year I did two five hours 30 in the marathons. You go on, my graph goes a lot like that. That was the year. Wow. And we went to the pub afterwards, me and Andy Angus. Andy was the one that died a few years ago, and a few I remember others. Him. I remember him. Hey? Yeah, I remember he was pretty strong. Yeah. And um, we used to go to the pub just out of Watford with a Heineken brewery just near, near it. And we we go in there for after Watford half, get this huge bloody plate of food for Fiverr. And then I went to stand up afterwards and hardly move my, my tracksuit up. Knee was just like a football. So I couldn't, couldn't run at all to London Marathon. So on the day I, um, I ate a packet of Nurofen. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> kill the pain. <laughs> It's a five hours twelve. That's not the only thing that killed Bill. Yeah. <laughs> um, five hours twelve. <laughs> wow. Five hours thirty-one about that year. Yeah. Um, and then, then next, I think I got down to three hours fifteen or something again. After I had the operation, I was right again. Had the operation in December, I think it was, and then and then did three hours fifteen, I think it was. That's interesting. So that's an isolated <laughs> event where you slipped on a bit of mud and you actually yeah. felt that effect. That, then, yeah, that was than... the start of the knee trouble that still nags me a little bit. Yeah. Did you did you do anything other than running? Did you do anything to strengthen your legs or body? Like, did you do anything like that? I played a little basketball years ago <laughs> back home. I made the rep teams, didn't I? <laughs> Brilliant. Just on speed and fitness. But I mean, um, so for instance, for me, if I if I if I do some stuff to strengthen my legs, then I feel like maybe it, it protects my my joints a bit more. Like no, the nothing, just ran hills. Yeah. So you so you just ran and, and ran and ran and ran. Yeah. You do a lot of easy running as well, or generally quite. Oh hard. yes, yeah. It was a lot of, what we used to call LSD. Yeah, which was a drug in those days. Um, what was the, what was, I don't know what it meant. LSD was first of the drugs came out. LSD, long slow distance. And it was just time on your feet, a couple of hours on a long run on a Sunday. It was always at least two hours, sometimes more. Yeah. So, so it was just about easy pace and getting time yeah. with the legs. Get the beer out of Saturday night's piss-ups. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've heard a lot of those stories where you say you ran, then you ran to the pub, then you went to the pub, then you ran home. And then you got to come out of the pub. And then went, oh, well, I took another farm one. I said, Mum, Dad, well, hold on, let's go to the race on the Saturday. This is back in New Zealand. Get home for some ungodly out in the morning. Dare go to bed, come up the cows first. <laughs> 150 of them or something. And then go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Went to bed, uh, then I got to milk the cows. <laughs> yeah, that's the wall things I'll tell you. <laughs> so you're proper blue collar. That's the thing. Coming from yeah. a good, a good um, physical background. 
So just just going back to London Marathon quickly, I wanted to, you know, feel free to take a moment to think of this. But what is, if you had to, very tough, but if you had to, what is your number one top memory from all your London marathons? Probably the first one, coming over Tower Bridge. Yeah. I could still build remember the huge crowds there when we came over the Tower Bridge. Over the Tower Bridge, just before we turned right to go down Commercial Road. I remember that vividly and the noise. It was what, what struck. And that's still clear, very clear in my mind, that one. Yeah. And in those days, see, when we got out with Docklands, see, Docklands didn't exist. Nothing out there existed. Amazing. That was, you could have bought the whole lot for a couple of quid. We used to joke, there a couple of guys out there getting a bit of scrap iron from the wall, like, yeah, there's a bit of a mess of it and a bit of a hummock and a spitfire or something like that and an old bit of metal or something else. There was nothing out there, just dead earth. I think there's one drink station out there, water. That was it. There was no Canary Wharf, none of those high-rise buildings, no Docklands Light Railway, no Jubilee Line, no, 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 no Olympic Stadium, no parks, nothing. But just derelict land. It's, it's, a, it's half a surprise they took it that direction, actually. Do, do you know what <coughs> I think they why they didn't they just come from the city too more, much might have been too complicated. Yeah, just sort of thought it might do more of a, a tour of London, <laughs> like yeah. it's not marshland or. They said the finish was going to be a Buckingham Palace, and they're working around that. So we said when we finished the first race, we just ran up beside Buckingham Palace towards the Hyde Park corner, and just halfway up, just stopped, went out the side. That's where the guys held the IRA flag up in front of the finishers. The two guys holding their hands, the two dead here for first. And the IRA got jumped in front with some. Um, a flag, a flag about anti-British or something at the oh. very finish line. Mm. Yeah. And then we just went home. It was, you know, I think I think they might have had a couple of bus there with their bags on it. That was it. Then they went to Westminster Bridge for a few years. And then, then the finishing photograph was always um, Big Ben behind you. Yeah. And then when they started building the Jubilee line and Brace got bigger and then the, um, the congestion of buses and crowds and stuff, they... Then went, then got permission to finish in the mill, and that's where it's been for the last what 20 years, 25 years. But in the early days, when photocopiers came out, people used to photocopy their numbers. Did you know that? <laughs> and they'd be on waiting on the other side of Westminster Bridge, then jump in and run across and get the bloody medal. And then one year they kicked out 500 finishers because of cheating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but these days, because there's no, I can remember when I ran international standard up the front there, we used to have uh, yellow, blue and blue and yellow numbers with holes in them for air and this sort of stuff. But I used to hear my number called out during the race at about eight, six or eight places. They were spot checking that you'll run the full distance because we went to, in the international and English championship standards, yeah. making sure you weren't cheating. Now going wow. down across Mercy Road, duck across the road and come back the other way, duck, come right around the far end. So I had, they had spotters all the way around calling you out. And they used to have, I don't know what they still do, they used to have spotters would track all the, all the illegal runners and then ping them all out the last couple of miles, grab them, pull them off the courses. It hit, hit me to do that. I'd seen that done a couple of times. So yeah. complicated. <laughs> they cheated, all the cheats. Yeah. That's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Because you do see there or see stories about people cheating in London Marathon. Yeah, yeah. Why do you so with the, with the microchips, you see they can they can check every person now? Yeah. And if you haven't done the full bits, you're gone. Yeah. Well, why some people do, I mean, to, to qualify for other races, you know, some people will run on someone else's name. So why there's a bit of a bit of a um, taboo if you yeah. you pass That's your number happened. to someone else and suddenly like you win, you win the veterans um female race, Sam, you know, if you took someone's someone's number. It's like what what's what's going on there? Just because you wanted to run it, but you didn't have a place, it sort of ruins someone's day and suddenly you're on run Britain as the yeah. <laughs> Well, these days they got you much more with all the cameras around the place. 
there's so many cameras and all that we wouldn't know what the cameras are. See all those gantries, there may be cameras there before we know. Yeah. These days picking up everybody who comes through. See, they only got near a little dot with a camera. See, in those <laughs> days, there's nothing. But every year they do some improvement in that race. Somehow or other, every year they do some improvement. Yeah. To make it better. And last year was good. I thought the way they did it with the COVID thing and the, the mobile starts and the way the rubbish was. I mean, all the teachers just went to bags beside the start line, instead of all over the place. I know it took long to get people through, but had the advantage of not being crowded too much during the race. Definitely. The finish was was war. It was easy to get through the finish. When you finished the finish, there were no photographers. When you went out to get meet your friends afterwards, there wasn't a huge blocking crowd, so that sort of stuff. Well, the roads were shut for longer, but I think it spaced out more. Hand your leg, handing your bag in at the start when you've got your number, instead of taking to the bus at the end, save that rugby scrum. Mm. So there were there were things that went about. Now they always think ahead somehow. London Marathon, amazingly organised, incredibly yeah. organised. Yes, yeah, true. It is fascinating. Can you tell them maybe they should just one more thing they could add is just a little little bit more space to, to actually warm up in the holding pens um, in in some of the areas because. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 a, that's, a total, that's a total pain. <laughs> that was the well, only I mean, total pain I had this year. Well, I remember when the green section only had about, a, um, what, 500 of us. Now it's about 8,000 8, in the green section. You know, just a very few of us there. Just us and a few others at one stage. Wow. A few seven, just, television people and things like that. Yeah. Surprised. You could do a little stretch to the left and right and then off yeah. you go. And that's all you need, really. <laughs> so as you're the, the king of marathons, Bill, if there's no, someone no. listening to this, <laughs> who's uh, thinking of doing a marathon or was doing their first marathon, then what would be your, your few bits of advice for them? Train first, plenty of training. Yeah. You're gonna, it's a long way. Don't, some people think it's just go flat out the start. The race starts after 20 miles. That's what it is. You've just got to take your time, be patient, work out what you're gonna, time you're going to do and just enjoy the day. If you don't do the training, you're not going to enjoy the day. Mm. And if you do come unstuck, you know, towards the end, at least you've got nearly to the end before you start the fatigue setting in. But these days, there's so many gels and water and drinks and all that sort of stuff to help you on the way. If people do the training, they're going to, they should be able to get through. But there's no substitute for training. All yeah. these fancy shoes won't help you. You can't do the training. It's <laughs> just a con. One stripe, that's one stripe, 10 pound, two stripe, 20 pound, three stripe, 30 pound. <laughs> as we used to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they tell made them China or somewhere for, for, for 50p didn't they <laughs> mm. uh, so Sam there you go 100 mile weeks some £2.50 shoes and you'll be running 230 yeah. in no time well some shoes I paid £1.50 for New Zealand we used to buy them from Japan and get them for about a pound fifty, including postage probably still got a couple of them lying upstairs somewhere please, like a bit of material on the foot. Eh? Please, please take some photos of those and send us to them because I really want to see that. Just... What size are you, Bill? What size are you, Bill? Yeah, good question. Eight, I'm about eight. That's all. Yep, that's me. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we'll get some in some of those. I'm an eight. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, the, oh. the shoe market's just, you know, they've, publicity of the um, commercialization of shoes is huge. You've got to give them that. I reckon they'll be worth, I reckon they'll be worth a around. lot eh? now. Eh? I reckon they'll be worth a lot now. Yeah. My old shoes, yeah, probably. Yeah, serious. <laughs> no jokes. There's a bit. The first medal was the side of a two P coin. You ever seen it? Oh yeah, I've seen. Yeah, that. I have. Yeah, you have made me a said. pewter. Made a pewter. The, the first couple of medals were made of pewter. They're beautiful medals. The yeah. second one is is about that big. It's all pewter, all raised figures, and this sort of stuff. If you yeah. go on the London Marathon Ever Present website, all the medals are there, front and back. All the medals, all the way down through. Some of them are lovely. 
Yeah. Like the tenth medal was was number ten. The one was Big Ben, and the ten was a circle with a tower bridge in it. I think it was. There's another one. Another one had medal. Um, Bodicea, there's a statue of Westminster Bridge, the mm. old English history thing. She was on one of the medals. Another one, they, um, it was a 2008 medal. Yeah, 2008 medal had the finish, they had the, um, the from the uh, 1908 Olympic Games, the Italian guy who's helped over the finishing line at White City. Mm. And they've got disqualified. That's on that, uh, that medal 100 years later. Wow. That's what's on, the, on that medal 100 years later. And there's little things like that all the way through. But the worst ones were Flora. Floor, that floor was there for 15 years. Where it was their medals were absolute rubbish. There's the only way to describe them. And I, and I always think sorry for the people who who ran those ones and got one, and then they see what we got in the other years before then, especially were brilliant medals. You know, they had the map of the route, little figurines of the tower or Buckingham Palace or Flora was um, like a square, a square, square with a kind of block on the front on the Flora. back. 21st London Marathon. That's all they put. Another one was yeah. I ran, I finished. I think it was that was it. I mean, bloody hopeless. You think what's in London? What you could put in it? Massive stuff. Even this year's one, or the fortieth one. That, you know, there's squiggly stuff in it. That's supposed to represent the river, the Thames. I didn't know that. Yeah, I asked them what was this. They wanted to represent the river Thames. Why don't they put bloody river Thames in there? Somehow, <laughs> you know, got, these guys can make fantastic medals. And yeah. Think about it, you know. Some of the Branson had when he did it three or four years ago. That those rear views looking down the river, they were quite nice medals. Yeah, they were good. You know, they look really perspective sort of thing. But some of them, yeah, they should bring back about, the pew, eh? pewter medals. I think they should bring back like pewter medals the, very first, yeah. the very first medals again. Mm. Just oh. a little, little two coin. Yeah, why not? That'd be then so neat. We got different things. We got one a few years ago, um, London Inspiration Award. Um, I think there's only been about 50 ever handed out, and we got we got one each that day. There's 10 of them in a little, they're in a little wooden box. The, the, um, one side of the, of the medal's got the first finishes. I think I've done see it. I'll get it. I think it's upstairs. Might be a minute. Excellent. Um, I think you should wear a shoe, Sam. I'm gonna. Adjust. Yes, I think we should do. In we should do either the London Marathon or Fred Hughes ten no. in a string vest and those shoes. Oh, I'm up for ten it. mile. Yeah, ten mile would to, to would would be to represent Bill. You imagine what those shoes are due to my feet now. Especially, would they be? Are they the spike ones that he's got, or the? I'm guessing these are no. just. Trainers. He's just saying it's a road Trainers. class, yeah. Blimey, £2.50. So I've read that um, Shoe Dog book recently. And yeah, I read that. If he's referring to those Tiger on Itsuka. Oh, I think they'd be that cheap, though, would they? I don't know, but back then, would they? Because, you know, what, what was £1? Pound, what was £1? Pound? I, I think it was no, there was no real concept on, like, the footwear back then, I think that was the point. It was just, it was whatever. You'd go down the shops and buy whatever. But then Nike's celebrating 50 years this year. Mm. Would he would he would he be talking about the same the seven yeah? Yeah, 70, he, would be, yeah he would be. Yeah, true. Um, uh, nice. well anything. Maybe. So actually your thing about shoes means nothing that one stripe, two stripe, three stripe. You've got to do the training deal. I know. Do you know it's a funny coincidence with your PBs? 
Who's You've also people? been running really well and not had an injury for a while. <laughs> so it's tough to it's, it's tough, but I agree that the shoes do help. I mean, they they protect oh, your legs a lot, don't they? But running a lot more, yeah. I think you just have to get to the end of a marathon um, block, do your marathon, and then realize you've got nothing like actually penciled into the horizon in terms of races and then you just take your foot off the gas completely and then you feel really, feel really really guilty and feel like you're just gaining weight and doing absolutely nothing so you have to run up the hill as fast as you can oh. like I did tonight oh you're talking about yourself there I didn't realise I know no plan need a plan need a plan what distance do you want to PB in I mean that's the thing 10k 10k let's do sub 32 for 10k is it feasible is it possible to get onto that starting line next may well is it going to get quicker yes because it was such a beautiful day and it was very well publicized and everyone's going to want to fucking do it what are you talking about night of 10,000 yeah what time do you think you're going to need well, yeah to but run? i thought it was going to get quicker this year and it was sub 33 this year so but I think it'll be quick. I think it'll be harder to get in next year. Just, just for the. I don't know. The, what's the um? What's the average per k to run a sub thirty two? It's like three ten. Well, it's sixteen minutes. So it's three twelve. Okay. Oh God, that's horrible. What's it? <laughs> trying to trying to run a sub thirty two ten k to get into like <coughs> ten thousand PVs and just working out what the time is per k. You can do it. You oh. can do. That's that's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. Bill, what have you got? That's oh. the first London Marathon medal. Look how small it was. It's like the size of a pound, co- uh, two p piece, is it? Yeah, that's, that's the front. That's London, London Beautiful. Bridge, Tower, Tower Bridge, Sam. And there's oh, the man. back. Yeah, it's classy though, isn't it? So, uh, Bill, bring it back a bit. Take it back. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at that. 1981. Do you know that's like? It just reminds me of like a Roman coin, like. Yeah. There's, just, the, there's the front again. With a ship going through London Bridge. That is, yeah. I, I prefer that side. That's incredible. That's the front uh, of it, yeah. Just simple. Yeah, the side of a 2P coin. Whew, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. That's not quite the same as just going... There's uh, the map again. <laughs> were, like, was... Were medals for finishers for all finishers like a normal thing? Like, no, not really. No, this is this was quite rare to have one all finishers. You usually have to be in the first three or win a category. Well, yeah, it was slowly coming into more and more. But a lot of races you, I did, you went, went in the first three. That was it. Nothing. Yeah, you know nowadays everybody kind of gets medal and the things have changed. But there wasn't wasn't a lot of around in those days. This yeah. is the award we got from London Marathon. Spirit of London. And then inside is the middle. I'll take it out, it's easier to see. Yep. And that's the, oh, it's a bit shiny, isn't it? <laughs> that's the finish <laughs> on the first one. The two guys that finished together yep. in 1981. And there's the, the cup they use these days. I wow. think that was the, um, It says on the back here, to have fun and provide some happiness and a sense of achievement in a troubled world, is what's written on it. 
Ah, look at that. And then the trophy. That's that's cool. And it's also in this little little wooden box they gave us. Fascinating. Oh yeah, that's it. recent, isn't it? I remember when you bought that. To yeah, track. a couple of years ago. Yeah, really amazing. Quite a special um, medal there. Yeah, there's only about fifty handed out apparently. Wow. There'll be more over time, but that's what it was when we got these ones. Yeah, and then just quick shot. Yeah, lovely. Well, you know that big trophy they have at the London Marathon exhibition, that big tall silver one. Yeah, mm. you've seen that. Used to be the Poly Marathon, which finished in Windsor, the one I ran a couple of times, and that was the one that Jim Peters broke the world record on a few times back in the fifties and sixties. And when that when that race died because London Marathon kind of killed it off, that trophy went to, went to London Marathon then. Ah. So all of the winners on that, all the ex Poly Marathons, so Jim Peters and other guys on that, way way back when they broke the world record running in Plymouth and little things like that. That's where it came from. And then that, instead of losing it, they, they took it to London Marathon. So the last few figures on there are the London Marathon men, men's winners. Nice. I was with Joy Smith on Sunday. She won the first two Londons. Really? Yeah. She was presenting some of the medals there yeah, on Sunday, yeah. Oh. Oh, she, nice. she went to three Olympic Games. She went to 1972 when the longest distance for a woman was 800 metres. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, 800 meters really long distance for women. Yeah. It really is nuts. Because <laughs> they couldn't run any further, might affect them all there, couldn't have babies and all this sort of stuff, and they weren't strong enough and more capuche of it. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, lots of change. And then oh, yeah. Paula Radcliffe running the fastest marathon time in the UK. The ones who really changed was Greta Whites in many ways, because she won New York what, nine times and won London four times and broke the world record a few times. She won the world cross country. Was it eight times or nine times or something? She was a ski, skier, uh, represented Norway in skiing as well. She, so did Christensen. The four, those two won the London Marathon six times. Wright's wow. won it four, four times and Christensen twice. And Dory won it three times. She was the, the German lady. Radcliffe got it two or three times. Lynch got it a couple, um, Liz Lynch got it a couple of times. Liz McCoggin, she is now. Yeah. There's not many winners. In that yeah. 41 years, there's not a lot of winners. Even the men's race. Pinto got it three times. Some other Spanish guy got it three times. Saron got it three times. Um, who else got it two or three times? A couple of others got it two or three times. Yeah. And when you look down mm -hmm. like that, these Kenyans, two or three of them won it two or three times. There's not many winners. There's a lot of, when you look at the first three, a lot of guys are second and third persistent or they pop up one end down the other. That's interesting. Yeah. So they come back and they want to win it again. Yeah. Yeah, and they, get the period, they get money, and then there's time money and all that sort of stuff. So when my sister ran it, she was just at the start of the money sort of thing. And she won the way she got second. She got, I think it was the first 83, I think she got a couple of thousand pounds. And a couple of days she was fifth and she got 8,000 pounds, I think it was. But nowadays that would give you what, 80,000 just about. Yeah. <laughs> That's the difference. Oh, well, Bill, honestly, thanks so much. I reckon I could chat about this kind of thing all night, but um, it's been fascinating to hear a bit more in depth rather than just being in a, in a loud pub after a cross country, trying to hear what you're, what you're saying about, because it's, it's, it's some interesting stuff and I'm glad we have it down now. Um, Matt and Neil, do you, have, do you have any questions before we wrap it up? Or? I've also got a lot of the old, old press publication stuff as well. The press, you'll be able to, so, so they put stuff in newspapers. I've got a lot oh, of yeah. their documents, their books and everything. I've got lots of those over the time. Nice, that'd be great to see, yeah. Pull them off somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Along with so, those two, grab them out. 
October Bill, what are you um what are you Finish. thinking? <laughs> Just getting round here? Yeah? Is that, that all you I was to break five hours if I could again, you know. I did five three officially on the day when we did the um virtual run, but, but on my garden was four fifty-three. So if that 10 minutes would have been stopped for photographs because some people stopped to photograph or something like that. Oh. So that just went, but officially it's five hours three. But I know my garden at four fifty three, which, which I was quite pleased about. It was in all the pouring rain. I had to write articles mm. on that for sports magazines and newspapers as well. So I've got all that upstairs. Yeah, that was so wet. I saw those photos. You're going through actual um, puddles, like massive yeah. cross country water jumps. Yeah, so I put a water in one place. <laughs> yeah, all the water um, came down. It was the heaviest amount of rain in Britain for a couple hundred years that day. The day before, because it all came down. Yeah, it was a, something like one and a quarter inches for every inch of land in the Britain and country, or something like that. It was. I got the figures upstairs. Huge amount. There's more water than than, than in Lake Loch Ness. Is the big lakes up in Scotland fell in the country that day, or well, that night? That night, because it all came down in the morning, didn't it? All into the gullies and things. Mm. It was Maybe. wet, all right. I'll tell you. So before we go, I just want to say thank you for all you've done for Queens Park Harriers, because I don't think I'd be running quite as much. Um, if, if I hadn't joined and, and Queen's Park Harriers might not have been there if it wasn't for you because you know it went it went obviously this massive club with international runners in in the 60s 70s when you heard about it all the way from New Zealand but then you know in the 90s and early noughties I, I believe it went down to about eight or nine dozen of us. yeah yeah dozen of us. <laughs> and um, you know you were one of those members that kept it going and obviously as there's there's um, Alan and Peter but you were always there writing on the back of medals, encouraging us all. So just want to say thanks a lot. And it must be great to see it back up to around oh, yeah, members now. But yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll keep it going. Keep it, keep it going. And uh, hopefully do a few more London marathons for you as well. I guess what would you, what would you, what would you sort of, what would you like to see from the running club? Is it more members? Is it performance? Like what, what would Both you like yeah, to see? In some ways, I'd like to see more guys do track stuff. So I think you'll benefit from it. Yeah. You need to do the greater races for a start. See, we, have, we used to be in track leagues. We, we were in the track league, Southern, Southern Counties. We, we had three track teams at one stage in the, in the leagues. There were eight or nine league levels those days in the men's. And we, we, we were first, third, first, fourth and eighth, I think it was, with the scrubbers in the eighth. And, the, and we were in the first, and we deliberately lost the fixture one year, deliberately, so we wouldn't go to National League. Because who the hell was going to organise? I'm not going to organise it. So we deliberately lost the fixture. We, we knew we could have won it. We knew that before we even started, we were going to win this. But we deliberately lost it, not to, be, not to win the league, so we wouldn't go back. We, we got, there are five fixtures. We had 24 points. We let another club have 25. We mm. let them win the day, yeah. We had five, 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 five. <laughs> we deliberately just wow. <laughs> did it. <laughs> Well, I'm definitely. Who, who got, I didn't want to be organised. Something to go to Edinburgh for the weekend, and then go to Cardiff another time, or to Nottingham another week, and getting people out for the whole weekend. And we used to, we, used to, we went to Falmouth for track meetings. Now Lands End, we get on the bus at Wilsdon Green Station about six o'clock, seven o'clock on a Friday night. Travel overnight, stay in the youth hostel. We got down there about two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Have breakfast about ten, compete. You know, run hundred yards or eight hundred meters. That's what you did, and then come back, get back to London about two, two o'clock Sunday morning. Then walk home or get a cab, whatever it was. And people do that these days. Not a show now. We went everywhere. We went on one trip one year, lost a bloody fuck window of a bus, then the stone hit and smashed the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew what to do. From travel, we took the took the back window out, pull the tape, the um, the pressure things in, pull them out, took one of them out and put it on the front that were broken. 
and then took that one out, sealed the hole up back again, and then just had open at the back. So uh, they got back to Gary, they put another one in, yeah, because otherwise the wind was coming in, this sort of stuff. And we, we used to do that in Europe, we got a broken windscreen, because I always split down the middle for that reason. Oh. The back, back right would go to the front left, vice versa. Jeez. They made like that delivery, so that if you come unstuck way out somewhere, you can take the windscreen out, just pull that thing out. You've got to be careful because they're fairly heavy, and then put them back in. Who knew? Yeah, I knew. So, I'd, I'd done one in Italy, hadn't I? <laughs> so you want to see you want to see more guys running track. So one of us in this call has been doing a bit more track recently. Mr. Sam Sutherland, proud owner of a new mile PB of four fifty. What do you reckon to that, <coughs> Bill? See, so you've got four sixteen. That's, that, that's fifteen hundred, not fifteen, not mile. Fifteen hundred, he did, not mile. No, your mile is four fifty, isn't it, Sam? Yeah, I did. I did a mile on the Thursday last week, Bill, and I did four fifty, and then on the Saturday was the fifteen. Oh, okay, right. Sorry, okay. So he's right got on. what? Another thirty-five seconds to take yeah. off, and then you'll be yeah. competing with Bill. Oh, I don't well, know. That's nine seconds a lap. Nine seconds a lap. <laughs> yeah. Sounds dreadful when he said like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where. 64, 64, 64, 64. There you go. Wow, was it? Yeah. The third one's that was on grass. That was fast. Yeah, that's faster than the. Well, that's about the pace of the the, the guy who won the 10k PBs, I think. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Was he running 64s? Except his last lap, which was 60. Of course. Something like that. Standard. I won one championship years ago, won the candy ones. I won the first lap was 63 seconds. Second lap was 90. <laughs> <laughs> on grass track, everybody went along, bloody, the push and shove them went on. There's about 20 of us in the race. I got it. My last lap, I think, was 56 on that. It was a whirlwind last lap, but I got it. It was a crazy, crazy race. Slowest one around all year, 437 that year. 437. Oh, okay, Bill. And have to wrap it up, but I really appreciate right. you taking the time out and um, brilliant to speak. And I reckon we can probably revisit on a few other things to fill in those yeah. years, but fascinating. Cheers, Bill. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Next year, Matt. <laughs> next year, yeah. Next year. Don't be disappointed. That happens. Don't be disappointed. Do some short, short track stuff now. 800 meters. Oh, that's far too hard, Bill. That's far no, too not. hard. You need these races. Stretches the lungs out, leg stretch, everything. Track, Matt. Don't worry yeah. about where you finish the greater races. You know, if you're going to do one, say, say, say put in like 215 or something for a start. You've got a little bit of leeway, yeah. or 23, you've got a bit of leeway. And then we used to do them go, sometimes you go down and go flat out in the start and see how far we got, whether we survived it or not. And other times we sit at the back. Or other times yeah. deliberately get boxed in. And then how do you get out? Because when it comes to championship racing, that's what you've got to do. Yeah. How, do you, how to push through all, you know. And I remember knocking guys over and getting knocked over. And, but these days, they're a bit more stringent on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would you have but done? When, but, but when you wore grass track and long spikes on, on track racing, that was what went on, you see. Inj injuries were there. Amazing. Right, thanks, Sam. All right, no, cheers, cheers, Bill. Thanks very much. And I look forward to seeing those shoes. Okay, I'll fish them out sometime. Show you, yeah. Good to see you, Neil. See you, Bill. Yeah, yep. really good to see you. Awesome. Take care. Bye. Pleasure. Thanks very much. <clears throat> Run. Peel. Chat. Repeat. Repeat. <laughs>